we're in a series. Anybody know what our Wednesday night series is called? Believe. Believe. And what we're doing is we're doing something called systematic theology. So we're taking what does the Bible say more or less as a whole um, on certain subjects. There's kind of an order that we're taking and they, they kind of uh, connect to each other, stack on one another. And the purpose is this. We call ourselves believers but my experience has been um, over the years that a lot of people that call themselves a believer, but if you get to talking to them, they're not really sure what they believe on certain things or it keeps uh, being a moving target. And we need to get all of that settled. We base what we believe on the word of God. And that's part of what we spent the first couple weeks of the year establishing is the authority, the inerrancy of, of God's word. And uh, also what you need to do is not just know what you believe, You need to know why you believe that, and then you need to be able to articulate what you believe. You've got to be able to share that with others. If you don't know how to share what you believe, then we effectively kind of cut that off from the next generation. And, um, you know, it's important that you know, plus you'll you'll live in defeat because you just just won't know. There's a confidence, there's a joy that comes. Remember in Nehemiah where it says the joy of the Lord is our strength? Some people think that's just like, you know, a Febreze thing that you just kind of spray in the air and there, ah, you know, now we're, no, the joy, if you'll read the context of that in Nehemiah, it's, it says because they read the word and then they were given understanding in the word. And when you get understanding in the word, it says then that, that's what caused them to have joy. And so you'll have joy and confidence as you know what you believe based on God's word. Amen. Now, real quick, um, uh, I'm not going to be here next Wednesday. I will, I will be gone to school next week, Monday through Friday, out of, out of state to be in Missouri. Um, but next Wednesday, Wednesday, kind of important, my son Lee, Pastor Lee, will be ministering next Wednesday night. And it's probably the last time you're going to get to hear him for a little while, okay? So you want to be here. want to be here. I'm going to be watching. I'll be watching online and commenting. I think so. No, no. All right. Uh, did anybody see what I posted? Do you know what we're going to talk about tonight? Angels. Let's find out the truth about angels. And uh, we're not going to cover every verse regarding angels, but I want to give you a good overview of angels. Um, the truth will, will what? Set you free. How many of you know there's probably some squirrely ideas out there about angels? Okay, our culture... Well, before I get into that, let me read you something really exciting or relate to you something very exciting. You remember Jesus was in the... Um, Garden of Gethsemane, he had the disciples with him. And the, the gang came with clubs and swords and torches and all that. And remember in, in one account, Matthew's account, Peter pulls out his sword and Jesus said, he will cut you. No, that's not what he said. Okay. Some of you are all like, oh. No, he said, Put your sword away. And then he said something incredible. He said, don't you know that right now I could ask my heavenly father and he would send 12 legion of angels if we needed it. A legion, he, and he took on Roman military terms that meant 6,000. So 12 times 6,000, 72,000. You look at me and say, he is good at math. I figured it out before service, okay? (laughs) This is what I believe. This is what I believe. That what was happening right there to make sure that 
this Passion Week, the crucifixion, everything connected with that had to happen the way that God wanted it to do. I believe that God assigned at least 72,000 angels to be there. You know, we, the president moves across across Washington, D.C. or whatever. You should see the motorcade. You should see everything that happens to cover that. This is way, way more exciting, way, way more powerful, way more enforcement. And so I'm just, it's just an amazing thing, angels. Our culture, we cartoonize things. We uh, dramatize things. We commercialize things. And so there's books about angels and there's TV shows and movies about angels and there's angel jewelry. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it is um, just anywhere you go, you could pick up some angel jewelry. And, and here's, here's kind of the thing. In our culture, in a country that struggles to believe in God, that at times resists believing in God, yet we're crazy about angels. And I just think it's unfounded and it's, it's out of perspective. So why don't we just go to God's word and we're going to go, we're going to cover a lot of ground tonight. And uh, I think this is going to help you and encourage you. Now go ahead and say this at, at the outset. There's really not a lot that you do. You know, there's some things I may would tell you about prayer. Like on Sunday, we're talking about prayer and, uh, you know, uh, you should pray for you. You should pray for a change. So there's some things that you do, but angels, this is more, more about informing. They have something to do. You have something to do. And this is more about informing you. And uh, hopefully scripture will give, give us some light on this. First of all, and this is all based on scripture. They're not dead humans. There's some people that think, okay, if somebody dies and, and you know, they're, they're angel, they're an angel now. That's, that's not it. And then as has been dramatized, sometimes they're a friendly humanoid kind of creature out to help you. And, and that's not it either. Angels are personal, individual, immortal, spirit beings created with intelligence and with power that at this point is beyond ours. Um, I'll give you some references. Some scriptures we'll, we'll uh, read. They are innumerable. They are innumerable. Hebrews 12.22 talks about that. Revelation 5.11 says this. Where did it go? There it is. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Did y'all figure that one out? Uh, One of the words used in some of the translations is myriad. Myriad, and although that's sometimes translated ten thousand, it's it's like a, it means it's a, a bazillion, and really what it means is innumerable. And so there are innumerable angels. Uh, God created the angels early in His creative sequence. Um, Job tells us, the Psalms tell us also, they rejoiced. The angels rejoiced when they saw God make the foundations of the earth. So early on. They are created beings, but they were created very, very early on. They are called. Here's some of the names uh, scripture lends to angels at times. Sons of God, holy ones, watchers, heavenly host, thrones, powers, rulers, authorities, spirits, and it goes on and on and on. There are many kinds of angels, but there are three classes that are named. There are cherubim. 
cherubim. Um, and, and I guess we need, I, I really don't find a place in scripture where angels are chubby, rose, rosy cheek, harp playing, cloud sitting little fellas, okay? Uh, cherubim, you can read about them numerous places. Psalm 80 verse 1 is one place. Seraphim, seraphim uh, are, comes from a word that means fiery. And they have six wings. Um, Isaiah uh, encountered seraphim around the throne of God. They're, they're pretty uh, awe-inspiring. I don't know their range. Scripture doesn't really say where all cherub, cherubim would be, where all seraphim would be. And then there's another class that is, that is um, spoken of in the book of Revelation, and they're called living creatures. And it says that there's four of them, and they're individually different from one another. And they have a full-time job. Everybody say full-time job. It says that in Romans, uh, excuse me, Revelation 4, 7, 8, it says they do not cease day and night. They do not cease. They're around the throne of God to, to cry out, to declare, holy, holy, holy. They're doing it now. They'll do it forever. And you say, wouldn't they, wouldn't they get old? You've never been around the throne. We've never been around the throne. It's going to be so like, and it'd be, you know, and that is their job. And that is not just their job. I mean, there's, how many of you know that it doesn't get boring and they're not like after a while, holy, 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 holy. You know, how many of you know this is real deal stuff because this is the absolute presence of God. Amen. Angels possess a will. They actually obey God. Some angels rebelled early on. We'll look at those in a couple of weeks. And they rebelled and fell uh, in their rebellion. They have a will. They have intelligence. They're not omniscient. They're not all-knowing. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 36. Jesus said, but of that day and hour, and he's speaking of some end-time events and his coming, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. And so they're not all-knowing. They're not uh, omnipresent either. They can only be in one place at one time. One example would be uh, Gabriel was sent to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. So he's sent to a, a place. Sent to a place means you're not in that place already. Psalm 103, verse 20 says, bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength. Notice that, they excel in strength. Who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Now, I don't want to take a long time on this because um, Scripture is not clear on this, okay? It's not clear, and I've done some word study on this. Some people take that to mean heeding the voice of his word, that we can tell the angels what to do. I don't think that we can tell the angels what to do. They're God's messengers. They do heed the voice of his word. Indications in the language is it's God's commands, God's words. It's, I don't see it full enough for it, for it to be, well, if I speak out the word, they have to do God's word. I think they're already assigned to oversee God's word. I don't think any of us should get the mindset or the attitude that we're somehow direct in traffic with angels. That's my point there. They excel in strength. They do God's bidding. And God's bidding is connected to his word. My caution to us is that we would start, like I said, to think that we're somehow directing traffic for angels. 
I do think they, w- they are part of how God watches over his word to perform it. But I think we need to be, we need to be a little careful with that because I've, I've run across people over the years that are just a little too bold, a little too strong in a place that maybe we don't belong um, because they're God's messengers, not ours. Okay? So take that, think about that. Um, angels praise God. Angels help God handle things on earth. 1 Corinthians 4.9 says that angels observe our lives. They watch our lives. They protect us. Psalm 9, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in a minute. Psalm 91.11. Y'all here? Psalm 91.11 says, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, to guard you in all your ways. They protect us. I've heard some incredible stories. We're not going to take the stories right now, but how many of you have had something happen in your life before and you think probably an angel was involved in helping to protect you? For all the, put those hands back up one more time. For anybody doubting tonight, don't take my word for it. Talk, talk to the folks, okay? All right. Um, it is rare, but they can communicate a message to somebody, to a human. Um, an example would be, Acts 8.26, now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and said, arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert. This would be a passage that I believe is not prescriptive. It's descriptive. It's it's describing something that that God did. Um, I think God is active in the earth today. I don't think he's withholding his power today. But you have to understand that what was happening that is now included in the holy canon of Scripture in those times to make sure some certain things happen in certain ways and are recorded in Scripture, I think there was probably some extra angelic involvement in that time. Um, Again, a caution would be that, and I'll talk a little bit more about this in a moment, that you would ever say, well, an angel told me to go do this. Okay? And you'd say, well, we'd never do that. Well, guess what? There are people that say that. And so you just want to be careful about what an angel told me. The children of God are led by the the Spirit of God. And what is a light into our path and a lamp into our feet? The Word of God. What is the other thing? How do we wage war? How do we we, uh, plan things? Godly, wise counsel. So God speaks to us in a number of ways. Godly, wise counsel, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. I don't think we need to have something that is so unmeasured, un, you know, unverifiable as, well, an angel told me. You know, because then you're going to have people, you're waiting in a long line at an amusement park or something. Somebody's going to come up, excuse me, an angel told me I could go to the front. <laughs> and when that happens, a devil's going to tell you to do something, okay? You know, get him, get him back. All right. They will accompany Jesus when he returns, his second coming. Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, watch this, and I don't know entirely what all it means, but it says, and all the holy angels with him. How many of you know that's going to be a sight? Then he will sit down, uh, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. There are only two angels that are identified by name. Uh, First of all, would be Michael. Michael, anybody here named Michael? Good name. Michael, the archangel, which suggests to us that there's rank and structure among the angels. Um, He was Israel's special protector. He was the chief leader of all the other angels. Uh, You can read more about Daniel in in, uh, Michael in Daniel chapter 10. 
The other angel, uh, let me read one other one here. This one's awesome. Revelation 12, 7. This is yet to come. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. I won't read any further, but who won? Michael and the guys, come on, or gals. Michael and the angels of of heaven. The other uh, named angel is Gabriel. My youngest son is named Gabriel. Gabriel was a special envoy. He carried important messages. Does anybody remember any of the messages that Gabriel carried? The the coming birth of John the Baptist, the coming birth of, of Jesus, the Messiah. And so he was more of a messenger type where Michael was more a warrior type. Um, there are several times in the Old Testament where it will talk about the angel of the Lord. And there's a lot of thought and discussion. A lot of theologians and scholars write some things about this. We don't know entirely, but there's something called an Old Testament theophany. Theophany, And what it is, it's an appearance of pre-incarnate. You, you follow me on this? This is before Jesus put on flesh. This is before he came, his birth walked among us pre-incarnate that this was an Old Testament appearance of the Son of God. They call it a theophany. And at times it says, and he looked like the Son of God. And so that phrase is kind of interchangeable there. I do think there are many Old Testament theophanies where there was a pre-incarnate Jesus appearance, son of God appearance in the Old Testament handles some things. He did it with Moses. He did it with several others. And um, that also is sometimes considered to be an angel because he's called angel of the Lord. Angels obey. How many of you know it would be good for us to obey? This is the thing. They have, scripture says that they excel in strength. The, the way that is phrased, they have more strength than we do. Okay. They have more strength than we do. How many of you know they've probably seen more than we do? How many of you know they can fly better than you do? Okay. They can get around. They do all that. And here's the thing. They have, they do have a will. And yet the angels of God obey. And I think that's a, an encouragement to us. An example that someone who's knows more, seen more, has more strength and ability than we do, chooses to obey God. That inspires obedience in us. Um, we need, to, we need to know that they're watching us. Um, I don't have all the scripture on this, but one of, one of the uh, scholars I was reading after this said that they applaud our faithfulness and they mourn our sin. And yet they're always ready to help as, as God would have them to come, come to our aid. Here's a caution that I want to give you. Um, scripture tells that Satan is able to masquerade he's able to put on disguises he's able to uh, masquerade as angels of light there are even modern day things where people will say i got this revelation i got this information from angels listen to me again we don't get our information from angels a few years ago, and I won't, I won't call out names, but just a couple of years ago, in Lakeland, a revival came. I had so many people say, got to go, got to go, got to go. And I'm tell- I checked it out a little bit. I, I didn't get, and I had this holdup just right inside. And I think it was the spirit of truth. 
And I had people come to me and say, should I go to this thing? All my friends are telling me to go to this thing. And I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not your dad. I'm not going to tell you, you go, can't go, sign your note. You know, here's your lunch money. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I'm just telling you that I have a check in my spirit about it. And they said, well, I'm hearing this happening and this happened, this happened. And then I kind of followed it because I was concerned about, you know, people going to it, things I was hearing. So I began to watch some of the, because it was being um, live streamed and so forth. And then it started to happen. You started to see some things where there's disrespect for the Holy Spirit. And he was getting his direction from an angel. And he said, well, the angel came to me this afternoon. And, was, and, and so it was, it was just getting off. It did not take long at all. And listen, I'm not judging anybody. I'm, I'm sharing information with you. It didn't take long at all. And then he was exposed. Marriage came apart. He was drinking in the afternoons. You know, alcohol and, and a bunch of things. And he, he fell in every way. Morally fell. In every way fell. And listen, the things of God are so powerful. And they're so precious. Don't ever get... You've got to keep your heart and your life pure. You've got to stay close to people that will tell you the truth. You've got, you've got to stay in, in a firm foundation and never get crazy with, with these things. Because I'm telling you, our enemy is not flesh and blood. And, and, and the enemy wants to deceive people and get you away from the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, get you away from the word of God. And when you do that, you know, people follow. And, you, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a huge responsibility that you don't lead somebody astray. But the enemy wants people led astray. And that's why we've got to have the word of God. Anything an angel would do is going to have to line up with the word of God. And no angel is going to come to you. Paul warned of this. No angel is going to come to you and give you some other gospel or give you some new revelation. Folks, listen to me. Stay with the word of God. Okay? And then daily fellowship with the Holy Spirit of God. And stay in a Bible teaching church. If everything's about signs and wonders and flash and, you know, when you leave, all you got was excited and sweaty, you're not getting what you need at church, okay? I, I'm serious here. You've got to, uh, the word of God again, absolutely. That's how you live. That's what will save your life. That's what will help you make sure that you get all the way to the end. Can I, can I get an amen tonight on this? All right. <clears throat> Angels are not to be prayed to. They're not to be worshipped. They're not to be chased after. In Revelation 22, John, caught up in the spirit on the Lord's day, got the revelation of the book of Revelation. And, and he is told some things to come, some powerful things are declared. And he says in Revelation 22, and he says, And I, John, turned. And when, I, when he did, he saw this angel. And he's just, he's caught up in the glory of God the revelation of what is still yet to come is being poured out, made known to him. He's to be a carrier of it and to go write it. The book of Revelation this is a powerful moment. And he said he turned in that moment and he saw this angel. And he said, and I bowed before that angel. And this is what the angel said. Do not do that. He said, do not do that. He said, I am a fellow servant. And so they serve God. So listen, we don't pray to angels. We don't chase after angels. We don't worship angels. They have their role. We have our role. One day we'll, we'll all worship God together. That's, that's going to be a crazy, crazy good time where 
We're worshiping. You know, it's, and I'm going to try to just stay focused on Jesus. But it's like, dude, look at that angel. Yeah. And, and don't do this either. Don't try to see angels. There's a guy years ago, early years of the church. He'd come up to me after services sometimes. I saw your angel the whole service. Every time you'd walk, he'd walk right there with you. He was like guarding you. And, and, and I said, you know, <laughs> all right. I didn't know what to do. And, you know, I don't know if that if somebody feels like they get an advantage or something. I, I can see in the spirit. Listen, listen. If you ever get to see in the spirit, you just need to hush your mouth. Okay. And. And don't ever make up stuff. Listen, the things of God are so exciting and real. We don't have to make up stuff. You don't have to hype up stuff. And if I got a big angel guard me, sweet. You know? <laughs> now, that brings us to this. There, one more thing. 1 Corinthians 6, 3. And I do not know how this happens, but it says one day we will judge the angels. Let's move on to this, and I'm going to wrap this up tonight. Do we have guardian angels? Do we have guardian angels? Let's look at Matthew 18, verse 10. Y'all enjoying this? This stuff is amazing. Matthew 18, 10. Jesus is speaking. He says, take heed that you do not despise one, do not despise one of these little ones. And he's talking about children. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels, notice that. Their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Now, I don't know that that's enough for us to say that each of us have an an angel. Um, One writer put it this way. He doesn't know if angels play man-to-man or if they play zone. (laughs) I like that. So I don't know. I don't know if we personally have... Uh, scripture is a little inconclusive on that. This is what you do know. You've got coverage. So if it's man-to-man or zone, or at times, triple team. How many of you were ever crazy in your life? No, I'm waiting on you for, the, for you to understand what I'm talking about. How many of you ever acted crazy in your life? Before you were saved? Come on, come on. This is good stuff right here. You don't have to be embarrassed here. We are the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, okay? How many of you would suspect, had it not been for angelic intervention in your life, when you were out being the fool you were, you'd be burning in hell today. You would, you, you would not have made it. You would have died. Come on. Come on I see, can I see those hands again? That's a pretty exciting thing. Now, let me read you one other thing. In Acts chapter 12, verse 15, Peter is in prison. They're praying for him. An angel lets him out. Okay, if any of y'all go into jail, this is different, okay? This is different. And an angel let him out. You can can read it in in, uh, Acts chapter 11, Acts chapter 12. Unlocked things, blinded people, let him right on out. They're praying, praying, praying. Peter goes and he knocks on the door. And um, he's free, freed him. And this is what somebody said. 
because she said, um, he's here. And they said, but they said to her, you're beside yourself. It's like, you're, you're nuts. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. Because she said, Peter is here. It is his angel. I, I don't know that that's conclusive enough to say that we all have our own angel. Okay? I don't know. Because that was somebody who wasn't fully understanding even what was happening at that, at that time. I don't know. Don't fret about it. Okay? And if, and if you've got something cross-stitched on the wall that grandma gave you and had it forever about your guardian angel, don't worry about it. Leave it up there and thank God that, hey, either man-to-man or zone, you're covered. Okay? <laughs> We're covered. Let me read to you something and then we'll finish this, finish this up tonight. Um, I, I just want to say this. It's just nice to know that we have some unseen help. Just nice to know that. Hebrews 13.2 says, Do not forget to entertain strangers. And it's, it's really to be helpful, nice to folks. For by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. I think sometimes there are surprise visits just in the scene, you know. And um, don't try to over do this. I think there might be one here tonight. <laughs> the lady sitting next to me smelled really good and she glowed, okay? <laughs> she smelled like heaven. <laughs> Let me read this to you and then we'll, we'll close tonight. When we are suddenly delivered from a danger or distress, we might suspect that angels have been sent by God to help us And we should be thankful. An angel shut the mouths of the lions so they would not hurt Daniel. Angels delivered the apostles from prison. Angels later delivered Peter from prison. Angels ministered to Jesus in the wilderness at a time of great weakness immediately after his temptations had ended. When a car suddenly swerves from hitting us. Or when we suddenly find footing to keep us from being swept along in a raging river. When we walk unscathed in a dangerous neighborhood, should we not suspect that God has sent his angels to protect us? Does not scripture promise, for he will give his angels charge of you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Psalm 91. Should we not therefore thank God for sending angels to protect us at such times. It seems right that we should do so. Here's what we do. We thank God. I think we should have an awareness. I think we should have a joy. I think we should have a confidence. You know, I tell you all the time, we're never alone. We're never without help. That's not just the Holy Spirit. I think it is the angels of God that have been given charge over who? You. Go ahead and say me. me. Angels given charge over you. And God will make sure that they help you. I don't think that we need to get so distracted with it. I think we need to be aware, grateful, thankful, 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 joyful, and confident. Just knowing that angels, angels are with us wherever we go. Helping us the whole way. And then one day, the end of the whole shooting match, we'll all be worshiping God Almighty forever in heaven with the angels. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight?